welcome to Novel Finds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hi, I'm Julia, and today we have an awesome author chat with the wonderful author Talene Volskuni, who wrote and is her debut novel, Sorry Bro, about this beautiful, a bisexual Armenian-American woman. I'm so excited to talk about it. Hello, Talene. How are you? Hey, I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. So we like to start our episodes with kind of like a warm-up question just to get people getting to know you a little bit more. Um, so tell me, there is a lot about Armenian culture in this book. What is your favorite Armenian dish? Oh, yeah. So I I love a lot of Armenian food and I put a lot of it into the book. Um, my favorite, my absolute favorite are those little football kiftes, which I write about in the book also. They're very tricky to make and they're deep fried and so good. So they're shaped like a little football and it's like a meat on meat pie inside. It's like spiced like um, ground beef. Sometimes there's pine nuts, sometimes not in it. And uh, there's like bulhor and beef on the outside. And it's just so good. But my also my vegetarian and vegan favorite is uh, sarmas, which is basically like dolma, which a lot of people see, but sarmas made by like an Armenian grandma is so different than anything you know mm-hmm. you can get in in a store. They just if you hold it up, it falls down. Like it's so limp and juicy, like full of lemon. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, I love I love that those are both your favorites because then in the cooking class that happens in the book, yeah, both yeah. of those get taught how to be made. Yeah. That's excellent. Oh my gosh, they say put what you love in the book. So I I went all in on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my god. Um. All right. Well. Now that we're kind of talking about the book, would you mind giving us a small summary of Sorry Bro and then a little bit about yourself as an author? Yeah. So uh, Sorry Bro is about an Armenian-American woman in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her name is Nare or Nar, and uh, she gets convinced by her mom to go to these series of Armenian events to try and meet Armenian men and hopefully find that Armenian husband. Um, so at the events, you know, there's lots of line dancing, there's a cooking class, a brandy tasting, but it's not any of the guys, you know, the mom approved men that uh, catch her eye. But there's this woman named Yerebuni. She's like a witchy Armenian woman who's like really devoted to the Armenian cause. And the two of them are really taken with each other and start off as like friends and uh, just, you know, realize pretty quickly that they do do like each other and start, you know, uh, dating and going out. But it, you know, the issue is that Nara is not out as bi and her traditional family and community don't really seem that supportive of it. She's never even put the feelers out there. Like that's how it's just not even part of um, anything she's ever tried mentioned before. So there's a final event and there's a huge banquet where her entire extended family is going to be there and her new secret girlfriend. So let's see if Nar makes the right choice or not at that banquet. Mm. <laughs> and ultimately in the end. Oh, she, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the question. No spoilers. We're not going to. You have to read the book to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And a little yeah. bit about me. Uh, I'm. Uh, I also live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up here, and I've been well writing my whole life. But just tried my hand at novels in like 2016 is when I tried to like unlearn everything I knew and tried to learn, you know, relearn again. And um, wrote a couple that you know didn't go anywhere. And then um, I wrote Sorry Bro in July of 2020, and uh, and it it, it worked out. <laughs> 
Well, we're so glad that it worked out. Also, the cover is gorgeous. Like it's all the whole thing is totally amazing. They just knocked it out of the park. The cover artist and the cover designer is is so beautiful. I'm so thankful for it. Oh, definitely. Um, So do you have a favorite line or section in the book that you just, you absolutely loved writing or just you wrote it and then went back and was like, actually, this is my favorite. I love this. Yeah, it was, I I felt it while I was writing it. So I loved writing this section right before uh, Nod and Yerabuni's first kiss, which is at like Yerabuni's witchy cottage. And I felt like, I mean, I don't know, I hope, but the sense elements I was writing, I felt like they were out of control. There's so many different scents there. Um, A lot of like visual, like, like clutter kind of thing, like artist studio. There's like coffee, candles, drying herbs, art supplies, beeswax candles, um, and so while I was writing it, I remember it was like later at night and which for me is like 9 p.m. <laughs> oh, lit- yeah. 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> then I, I lit a candle. It was a new candle, too, and it smelled like a fireplace. It was so wonderful. So I just immersed myself in their world and um, just wrote wrote it uh, all in all in one go. So I hope people enjoy it as much as I enjoyed writing it. Oh, I'm sure they will. I honestly had a massive crush on Yerabuni, like <laughs> her witchiness and just the general vibe. And then then they show up at her cottage and I was just like, oh my gosh, I was texting Maggie. I was like, this woman is for me. <laughs> yes, I, so, I, I, I dream woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of people are going to get very into that vibe. <laughs> oh. Yes, it was excellent. Um, so th- there are a couple of elements that are similar from the book to your own life. I mean, both Nar and you are in the San Francisco area. Um, but what other elements from Sorry Bro came from your own experience? Yeah, so, so many. Um, so I also have my lovable, nosy Armenian family with all their expectations and demands. So I put a lot of that in, in mm-hmm. the book. Um, you know, that was that was a lot of, that I had never really drawn on before when I was writing. And I just took as much of it as possible and, and put it in, in this book as a fit. Um, you know, there also is that scene about halfway in the book where uh, Yerevuni's genocide lecture is crashed by Turkish naturalists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, claiming that the genocide never existed. And that did actually happen at a lecture I attended. And it like really opened my eyes to like genocide denial in a way I never realized yeah. before. And like how important it really still is for us to, you know, fight for recognition. Um, it's not, and that wasn't an isolated incident either. Like, and like I mentioned in the book, it happens mm-hmm. regularly, it happened to another lecture my sister attended. So that was very real. That's not like a, a made up thing. It, it is, it happened and it does still happen. But also just like like Nara does, like navigating the American world, like not quite American, not fully Armenian. Like Nara has pushed away a lot of her Armenianness, um, so I know you know what it feels mm-hmm. like, and I put that into the book. And uh, one other thing is when her ex boyfriend, you know, once called her speaking Armenian that devil language. <laughs> literally word for word when an ex once said <laughs> to me about no uh, it's wild stuff I had to put that in 
Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you put that in. Honestly, yeah. her ex-boyfriend, like just the first scene, I was like, I'm so glad that he's going to Germany for yeah. three weeks. <laughs> like this is that. just cringeworthy. Like they're they're what he thinks their favorite restaurant is is like this really loud and raucous German thing. And like, uh, that is just that doesn't seem the vibe that yeah. nar has yeah. and it was just it was insane it was yeah i'm really glad you brought up the lecture though actually i wanted to ask if that is something that like does happen i mean it seemed so real that obviously it it does how how do people usually deal with that yeah it's i mean it's just shocking when it does because you think you're going to just like learn something you know yeah yeah, um, be be part of that. You're know, like an academic, <laughs> like lecture. Right. You're going. Hour. You're going for like a chill academic se- setting. Just like yeah. hearing more about your history, and suddenly there are people there saying it never happened. Yeah, it's it's awful and really. Uh, it, yeah, and not just that happened. That like Armenians then were the aggressors, which is just mm-hmm. like uh, I, you can't see this, but I'm like I'm face palming, like kind of a thing, right? It's so. It's very, very upsetting uh, to hear. And, and there, yeah, it kind of does, it ruins the whole thing. Like at that point, yeah. you're trying to like get them to leave and they don't want to leave. And no one's, everyone's trying to be like polite, but everyone's very upset, obviously. Not yeah. polite, trying to like not cause a, you know, fight sort of a thing. So um, that it, mm-hmm. it just, yeah, at that point, like the lecture is sort of done. And that's how I ended the scene as well. There's no way for it to really go on the way it did before when mm-hmm. there's like such a disruption. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of bummed that it ended because I was like interested in hearing more about it. So I was yeah. like, oh, oh okay. I, yeah. I liked that they went and like talked about it later though. That was really nice. Their, their whole scene afterward was definitely a, a bomb, which was very nice. Yeah. 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 I also went to, went to Berkeley. So I took some of those elements mm. also. That dim sum stuff shop they end up in is one of my my favorite places I used to go. So. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have a favorite character? Are all of them your favorite? Um, oh, I do yeah. love a lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, me, like we were talking about, I mean, I put, I actually put elements of my spouse and put them into her. So, I mean, yeah, there's just that, like the patience, the curiosity, just this like solid foundation of self-possession is, um, I don't know, some, just something that's easy for me to fall in love with and did. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love Nena too, her grandmother. Um, I actually never knew my grandmother. So I kind of made this version of her that I wish I knew, uh, sort of based off my Mm -hmm. Armenian grandfather, but also just based off other people I knew. So I kind of invented invented this this wonderful grandma character and I enjoyed, enjoyed writing her a lot. Um, but in terms of relating, I I think I relate much more to not a more like neurotic, a little more unsure of herself, making bad decisions to save face. Like, I feel like I've been there before. No, not as much now, but I, I think, you know, it, like That's a fair. mid-20s version. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, everyone makes those decisions. And it's just like, it's one of those things where moms always know. So like, <laughs> yes. it's you can you can try, but then your mom always knows. And it's still really, it's hard to come back from. <laughs> yes, it's very true. Yeah. How did it I don't know. They're just, they're magicians. Mothers are are magicians. Yes. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. I loved Nene too. She, mm-hmm. she, her stories, and she was so sassy. And when she sat at the table with the the musician and his sister, and was just like there to fight with him <laughs> about it. Fighting. Oh, yeah, like she didn't want to go dance. She just wanted to go fight with this with this magician at the table. She was happy where she was at. It was so yeah. funny. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I loved this entire book. I'm going to be telling everyone to read it. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for writing it and for being here. I'm going to switch over kind of into more processy questions. You said you've been writing your entire life, which is awesome, but this is your first book. So when you were coming up with Sorry Bro, what came first to you in terms of the story? Yeah, it was so interesting. I I remember very clearly I was riding Caltrain down to work and back in 2019 and the first like spark an idea of it was then I heard like heard these voices of two women talking to each other and one of them saying something like, oh, can't we just have one conversation without bringing up their Armenian genocide? And then the other woman like gently and curiously correcting her. And like, it's so, you know, my romantic comedy started mm-hmm. with this conversation about this heavy topic, but it was also the dynamic between these two women in my head, like just the forgiveness in Yerebuni's response to Nada that I found really compelling and I wanted to explore more. Oh, I love that. So then um, did you like start chronologically or did you build out from there? No, I did start chronologically. So I wrote down some ideas like from that scene, just Mm -hmm. like actually wrote it in a notebook too, uh, which I was doing at the time. I have stopped. I should use a notebook again. This is reminding me. Notebooks are great. Um, And But then I kind of put it away for a while and then didn't write uh, it until um, the summer of 2020. So Mm -hmm. then I went chronologically. I'm very much a chronological writer. I have Mm -hmm. have to. Um, Otherwise, things get a little too messy in my head. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. Yeah. Um, So what was a day in the life for you when you were writing? Yeah. So I, yeah, it was July 2020 when I started through the fall. And uh, so I had like zero social obligations. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was working and caring for my kid, my my only one at the time. And uh, so anytime I had free time, all I would do is write. So that was like nap time for him, lunch time for me, uh, you know, at work. Um, and then like after he went to bed, so I did a lot of post 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. writing sessions. And I'd just be on my computer with my either hot or ice beverage, depending on the season. And like, if I was feeling fancy at night, I might like light the candle. I bought a bunch of candles at the time. I bought it from like an actual like witch on Etsy too, which is so <gasps> cool. Um, Ooh, that's <laughs> awesome. Really getting in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When the story needs to come out, it just comes out whenever, you know, mm-hmm. comes out when you can. Um, yes. Is that similar to now? I mean, yeah. you're still writing. You have you have more books coming. Um, yeah. Is that kind of how it still works? It is, but it's even harder now because now I have two children. <laughs> so the writing is, it's tougher. And I've actually been kind of, it has been more difficult for me to write lately, like a lot more, but I'm giving myself a break. I have a baby right now. Like yeah. sometimes I'm beating myself up about not writing. Like, no, I have a baby. It is okay no. for me to take these breaks. I'm, I know I'm still a writer. I have, you know, I will write again. The stories are there. I just need the mental space um, and the actual time as mm-hmm. well. 
<laughs> to sit down and write. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, no one blames you. I mean, yeah. you've got children. Children are young, formidable, formable. Uh, what I don't know what I'm looking for. Formidable is not the word I was looking for, but they're young, <laughs> for, formable minds. <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. There's, uh, there's a lot of work there. Yeah. So as a newer romance author, is there anything that you've learned that surprised you about the publishing process? Well, I mean, everything. (laughs) (laughs) I was one of those readers and writers who just kind of is happy-go-lucky, like doesn't look too deeply into anything. And also Uh I think part of it was superstition. It was like, I don't want to know. And I don't want to like think about anything that happens to a published author unless it happens to me. So I like almost willfully didn't. You know, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't know like, well, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have a grasp on it, then you can't lose it. Right. Like that's how it works. It was that kind of thing. Exactly. So I, you know, I wasn't that aware of the long timelines. Uh, I didn't know what past pages were. I didn't really know what neck alley was or what arc really was. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. wasn't, a reviewer I was I'm not a furious reader of books like I'm I'm slow I read maybe like 30 books a year and that includes audiobooks so like yeah you could go your whole life without knowing what an arc is um as as a reader and person who loves books believe it or not but so now if anyone from my real life asks me publishing questions like hey why isn't your book out yet hasn't it been a while or like oh wait how are you getting reviews if your book's not out Uh, so (laughs) I definitely understand it you know it's just like fascinating now to see the guts of everything Mm -hmm. Um, all that it takes from the writer writing their first draft, picking the book off the shelf. There's so, so much that happens. So for me, it's all been new. I mean, it's such a wonderful thing though, to be going through it for the first time. And you're going through it a second time too. There was an excerpt at the end of the book about your next book, Lavash at Mm -hmm. first sight. um, Mm -hmm. I read the excerpt and I was like, Oh, it's like a, it's like a tech book, but still an Armenian American woman and still really awesome. And, and all this stuff. And, and it's in San Francisco right? It is. It starts there and the pages you read are in San Francisco, but then actually almost the entire book takes place in Chicago. They go to this food conference in Chicago and the, almost the whole book is there. Um, oh my gosh. All right. I'm so ready for that though. Yay, yay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Where are you at in the process for that one? Like in the publishing I, process? I'm not sure. I, so I turned it in. <laughs> so I wrote the First draft, got some edits on it, turned it in right before I had my baby. Um, and that was my deadline. I gave myself, well, we I had a very hard deadline. I was like, no, I'm not going to be able to write afterwards. So I'm going to do it all now. And I'm very glad I did that. And I guess they liked it because, you know, the arc showed up and <laughs> it's in the end of the book. So um, I, I think we're just like pausing now. Like we're doing finishing up all the Sorry Bro stuff. And then mm-hmm. I bet when they have a second to breathe, like I know... Uh, so overloaded, they'll probably get back to me with um, developmental edits. So still kind of early, but mm-hmm. um, we did uh, tweak those pages that appear at the end of Sorry Bro. Uh, so that was that was fun to start working on that too. Um, but yeah, that should be 2024 sometime, probably around the same time, um, January to spring. All right. All right. Well, I will keep an eye out for it. This one... <laughs> I mean, it's an early of the year, it, January 31st, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. That's when it comes out. This episode comes out on the 29th. Um, so people who are listening get to put it in their calendar or just remember that two days from now, 
you are going to be able to get this book. So you should <laughs> just throw that out. Yeah. But I mean, as someone that's been writing forever, do you have any authors that really inspire you? So many. I, um, let's see, I, I, I've written a couple. I mean, my, my mentor who I got paired up with the author mentor match, which mm-hmm. is one of the mentorship programs, uh, Jesse Q. Sutanto, the great Jesse Q. Sutanto of Dial A for Aunties and like mm. 50 other books <laughs> she's written. She's so prolific. She is so funny, like unmatched humor and just like really brilliant plots. Um, and also her, like her, the way she approaches writing with so much love, joy, but also efficiency is really inspiring to me. So once I get a little more time, I'm going to be using some of her, her tips to like quick draft. Um, so definitely her, um, Ashley Herring Blake, who is, uh, another, uh, well, she, she's, uh, she wrote, a brilliant sapphic romance. I'm reading her follow-up now. She wrote Delilah Green Doesn't Care, Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail, which I'm in the middle of reading. Um, but she has also written quite a few other books too. She has had a bunch of middle grade novels and she is such a beautiful writer, just like so, such a like strong sense of place, such complex and like fallen lovable characters. Like I found myself completely in love with both uh, Delilah Green and Claire uh, in her first book. Um, so absolutely her. I also, you know, before working on the novel, I, I was working a lot on short form. So some short form writers I greatly admire are a Jen Corrigan, Robert James Russell, and Casey Mead Brewer, um, who are like drafted gorgeous writing. I, I love everything they write. I love anything they write. Uh, also, a lot of my fellow debuts uh, that I've gotten to know, especially El Gonzalez Rose, who uh, wrote Caught in a Bad Fomance, and it is so funny. I can't wait for everyone to read it. And then Trang Tran Tran, uh, who wrote uh, She is a Haunting, just like gorgeous lyrical, scary prose. Um, I'm very excited for everyone to read that too. Oh, that's so excellent. Oh my gosh. It's funny that you mentioned Delilah Green. Um, that book has been in my TBR forever. So now I'm just going to pick it up and read it because you suggested it. So good. It's so good. And reading it, and if you like audiobooks too, the audiobook is incredible. And I saw it's just up for an award right now um, as one of the best audiobooks of the year. And I see why it is It is probably one of the best audiobooks I've ever listened to. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, maybe I'll do a little bit of both of them then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here comes maybe the hardest question of this entire thing. What is your all-time favorite book? That is so hard. You know, you're right. You know it. It's, it changes so much with each like chunk Mm -hmm. of my life. Like there's periods of time. So like for the longest time, I was obsessed with the brothers Karamazov um, by Dostoevsky and like would reread, especially this like one chapter or like one section of it over and over again. Um, But that was, you know, that was now 15 years ago and then like more recently i just like fell completely in love with ton of french books she's the like yeah, um mm-hmm. mystery, yeah you know mystery and detective uh, procedural books and i do think still in the woods the first one maybe she wrote is, that is maybe yeah. one of the best books i've ever read yeah you i've read that yes <laughs> it's just really I, exciting that i we yes i really liked yeah. that i haven't continued on with the series but that one was really good Oh, the next one's really good too. I just, the way I really do, even though I write romance, I also really love getting my heart just crushed. Mm-hmm. And she just took, she made something so beautiful and then just stomped on it. And I loved it. <laughs> I, I was yes, so upset, but loved it at the same time. Um, uh, and, and more recently, like on, like 
even though Jesse's my mentor, like dial A for aunties, I just loved every second of it. And I felt like I never read anything like it. And just the joy it brought me is unmatched. So I, I would also say that's one of my favorites. So all time, I don't know, but I'm right now I'm in a like ton of French dial A for aunties zone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you, okay. Do you, I know you have two kids, so maybe not, but do you watch like thriller procedural type shows? Sometimes I do. Sometimes. Have you um, watched Mayor of Easttown? Oh my God. Yes, I did. Yes. It was so, so good. So good. Yes, it's I so loved good. it. It oh does have a very ton of French vibe too. Mm-hmm. Kind of like dark and um, about the relationships more of the yeah. people and like breaking your heart once again. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's a very specific town sort of place too and i feel like in the woods because it's you know that town everything happening there and then mare of east town with the with just everything happening in that one area it's very like specific to that one thing but completely yeah that also yeah has such a strong like sense of place and i I love books like that and and movies and media like that Mm -hmm. definitely well uh we're getting to the end do you have any final thoughts about sorry bro or or anything just in general that you want people to know no i hope i mean i hope if anyone picks it up they do enjoy it or even if they don't i hope they learn a little something about armenian culture which is Mm -hmm. also one of my big goals with the book is to share just about our culture it's not very known so um hopefully that you know resonates with people and they they like that part of it at least so that's that yeah, I mean, I loved that part of it. I I really love books with bisexual protagonists um, just because I, I love that. And so anytime that there is one, I'm just like, you should read this book um, <laughs> and throwing it out. So oh. that, first of all, is why I picked it up. And then I was like, ooh, I really like this. And then you're like all into food in there and just all of the senses and, and everything. It's so good. If anyone doesn't like this book, they can come talk to me about why they're wrong. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, thanks. So where can people find you if they want to see more? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at uh, at Tallinn Author. And um, I'm on Twitter for now, as long as we're at the time we're recording this, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Quote unquote fun at Twitter at uh, I'm Tallinn Voskuni there. And then I also have my website, Tallinn Voskuni. And you can sign up for my newsletter on my website. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting. Thank you. This was so fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was so nice to meet you. Um, Good luck with the developmental edits for your next book. Thank you. I need it. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. All right. Well, we heckin' did it, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard and want to support the show, share it with your other bookish friends and family members. And if your podcast app has ratings, please take a minute to rate and review the show. I'm off to read the next book in Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events for my monthly Patreon series, A Summary of Unfortunate Events, which is a middle-of-the-pool dive into the series we all know and love. And if you'd like to hear it, subscribe to our Patreon by following the link in the Novel Finds bio on Instagram, which you should totally be following if you're not already. Thanks again for being a novel friend. We'll see y'all next week. Bye!